Welcome to the Sorosoke Podcast. And thank you for tuning in. Hey guys, it's Mohammed here and welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of this podcast. I hope you all are doing great wherever you are and whatever you are doing. I hope it's going great. I am really excited to bring you the second part of our NSAS series and I appreciate everyone who had messaged me asking for when this episode will be released. Well, here it is. In this episode, I hope to share with you a brief timeline of the NSARS protest. Now, I understand there are a series of accounts as to what happened during and after the second wave of protest, and I, personally, think it would be unfair to bore you with all that information. So, I will stick to only the essential and factual developments. This episode couldn't have come at a better time, because with the recently occupied Lekki Tollgate protest that started on Saturday, it became highly necessary to further delay this episode so that I could share a much fuller perspective to this whole unfolding situation. From all accounts, the second wave of protests started on October 3rd, 2020. According to several credible sources, including the personal testimonies of affected persons, these last protests were sparked by an eyewitness video which allegedly shows an altercation between members of the SARS unit and a young man in Delta State, Nigeria, which unfortunately resulted in the death of the said young man. It was a matter of minutes before the video went viral and young people across all backgrounds collectively rallied together to lend their voice in the fight against police brutality. And Twitter, as always, was very instrumental in this regard. October 4th, 2020. The Vice President delivered what was supposed to be an assuring statement that he and the President are concerned and doing all they can to fix the problem. There's another problem though. Nigerians didn't buy that, and rightfully so, because it seemed to be the same script read to them every time the SARS problem or any other issue of insecurity emerges, Nigerians get the same scripts read out to them over and over again. Also on that day, the Inspector General of Police announced a ban on routine stop and search traffic checks by members of the SARS unit. October 7, 2020. On this day, the protests grew across Lagos and almost every young person, regardless of their socioeconomic backgrounds, felt obligated to lend their voice to this movement. This, in turn, inspired young people in other states, and in less than 48 hours, it had evolved into a nationwide protest. October 8, 2020. The protests were publicly supported by mainstream Nigerian celebrities, and I personally found this to be perhaps the most unifying move that made the protest a success. After this move, we began to see messages of solidarity from foreign celebrities and politicians, 
and this brought the attention of international media networks like Al Jazeera and CNN. October 9, 2020 One of the most fundamental things to happen on this day was the opening of Flutterwave INC's public fund, aimed at providing medical relief for injured protesters. Also on this day, President Muhammad Buhari ordered the IG of police to address the issue, even though at this point he, the president, had not made any public appearance to address Nigerians. October 10, 2020, another young Nigerian named Ishiaka was killed, allegedly by the police. Now, this is an allegation the police denied almost immediately, but this tragic event only made matters worse and inspired more Nigerians to join the protest. October 11, 2020, the Lekki toll gates were occupied by peaceful protesters. Also, the Inspector General of Police announced that SARS has been dissolved across all states of the Federation. October 12, 2020, the first televised broadcast from the President, assuring Nigerians of his commitment to reform the police, something we've yet to see implemented in the slightest manner. Also on this day, Davido met with the IG of police in Abuja. Now, regardless of what people said or what people felt about this meeting, Davido was one of the most outspoken celebrities during this entire protest. And I think that's a big deal. I think that it makes a lot of sense when celebrities within the Nigerian space and outside the Nigerian space acknowledge fundamental issues that affect everyday life in Nigeria that acknowledgement in itself is a protest because these are celebrities who have millions of followers, millions of loyal fans all over the world. And so when they speak against something in society, that brings awareness to the issue. And once there's an awareness about the issue, then there's a possibility of a solution. So I think it's a big deal when they look outside of their comfortable lifestyle and put themselves in the shoes of average Nigerians and help protest against issues like police brutality or unemployment or any other social issues affecting Nigerians. October 13, 2020, a 200 million Naira fund was set up to assist families of police brutality. Also on this day, the Inspector General of Police announced SWATs as a replacement of FARS. But Nigerians will not have such rebranding, given that SARS had been rebranded in the past, but the problem still persists. October 14, 2020, Feminist Coalition, an NGO, announced that they had raised over 37 million naira through crowdfunding. Also on this day, the CEO of Twitter also weighed in in support of protesters and in condemnation of police brutality. October 15, 2020, Lagos State Government announced the arrest of officers of the force who were found wanting for police brutality. All protests were banned in the Federal Capital Territory, Abuja. October 16, 2020, Vice President Yemi Osimbajo made his first public announcement, declaring that all 36 states will set up judicial panels of inquiry. The CBN website was allegedly hacked even though the management of the Apex Bank denied being affected by any forms of cyber attacks. The UK announced that it was monitoring the situation closely 
and they called for peaceful protest. Now I'd like to take a minute to just clarify something here. When I talk about the UK making announcements or any other foreign country or government making announcements or acknowledging being aware of the situation in Nigeria, I am not encouraging foreign interference, but I also understand that unless the Nigerian government knows that other countries and the world at large is aware of what's going on, then they probably may not feel the need to be accountable for their actions. October 18, 2020. Senate President Ahmed Lawan had a closed-door meeting with the president, after which the Senate president called for an end to the protest. October 19, 2020. An eight-man judicial panel of inquiry was inaugurated in Lagos to investigate cases of police brutality. Also on that day, a 24-hour coffee was imposed in Edo State. October 20, 2020. This was the day of the infamous Lekki shootings. The Nigerian military allegedly opened fire at thousands of protesters at the Lekki toll gate. Big thanks to DJ Switch and other brave Nigerians for making sure the world knew what happened that night. Also on that day, the Speaker of the House promised not to sign the 2021 bill unless adequate provisions were made for the compensation of victims of police brutality. Also, the U.S. Embassy in Nigeria announced it was shutting down its consulate because of the NSAS protest. Hillary Clinton, former U.S. presidential candidate, also weighed in on the issue, condemning any form of attacks on protesters. October 21, 2020, Lagos State declared a 72-hour lockdown and the suspension of all government activities. Also on that day, the UK High Commission shut down its visa processing centers in Nigeria. The Nigerian army, through its Twitter handle, denied attacking protesters at the Lekki Toll Gate. Also on that day, President Buhari addressed Nigerians in a nationwide broadcast. However, he barely acknowledged the Lekki Toll Gate shootings. Elizabeth Warren asked the USA to demand justice for the victims of Lekki Toll Gate shootings. Feminist coalition suspended all crowdfunding channels, probably to avoid further government actions against them. Coca-Cola announced a 20 million naira donation to help cover medical costs of injured protesters. October 24, 2020. Even though the coffee had trumped the protest in Nigeria, Nigerians around the world protested in various countries from France to Canada, Belgium, and the UK. Access Bank pledged a 50 billion dollar support for Nigerians through interest-free loans. The governor of Imo State announced a 2 billion dollar fund for youth empowerment. October 25, 2020. Lewis Hamilton joined in to help raise awareness about police brutality in Nigeria, and he also condemned the lucky shootings. Also on that day, Martin Luther King III called on the Nigerian government to guarantee the freedom of peaceful protesters. Pope Francis also called on Catholics around the world to pray for Nigeria. October 26, 2020. The protests continued in other parts of the world by Nigerians and friends of Nigeria. Also on that day, the Minister of Works and Housing discovered, quote-unquote, a hidden camera a few days after the Lekki massacre incident. 
I would love to take a few seconds to unpack that just a little bit. After the Lekki shootings, several stakeholders showed up on site to assess and investigate the aftermath of the shootings. A few days after this assessment and investigation, the Minister of Works and Housing, Babatunde Raji Fashola, decided to make a stop at the site and almost immediately as he arrived, he found a hidden camera. Now you have to understand that this camera was sitting at the same spot for five days. Even after every other person had come on site to assess and investigate the damage, for five good days, no one saw that camera. And when Fashola arrived, almost immediately, he was able to quote unquote, discover the camera. I thought that was funny. And a lot of people thought it was funny, but most importantly, everyone knew that it was just a cheap stunt. Um, it was a fake evidence and um, I guess Fashola became the joke of the day because for the next two days after that, you know, everyone on Twitter had nothing more to talk about or laugh about than the fact that he showed up after even forensic investigators, but he was the only one who was able to find the camera. October 28, 2020. The Ohio State government launched a 500 million naira fund to assist young entrepreneurs in the states. Now, this was obviously an effort to cushion the agitation of protesters who were mostly young people. October 31st, 2020. Beyonce called for support and donations for the NSAS protest. Also on that day, the Lagos state government lifted the curfew that was imposed as a control measure after the massacre that occurred at the toll gate. November 2nd, 2020. Channels TV, AIT and Arise TV were sanctioned by the federal government for their coverage of the protest. November 3rd, 2020. The Lagos state judicial panel of inquiry turned down the request of the Lekki concession company to take back possession of the toll gate. November 4th, 2020. The International Criminal Court announced it will commence preliminary examination into the shootings at the Lekki toll gate. November 6th, 2020. The Central Bank of Nigeria was okayed by the federal government to freeze bank accounts of 20 individuals and a company linked to the NSAS protest. November 8th, 2020. 253 arrested protesters were released from police custody by orders of the Lagos State Government. November 11, 2020. The Central Bank of Nigeria, in a statement to the Federal High Court in Abuja, claimed that funds in the frozen account of NSAS promoters might have been linked to terrorist activities. I think that's just baloney, quite frankly. I think it's just a cheap move at silencing young people who really are just asking for a better life. It's just, quite frankly, bullshit. November 15, 2020. The Nigerian army told the Lagos Judicial Panel that only blank bullets were fired at the Lekki Toll Gate. What I would like to do at this moment is to fast forward to February 6, 2021. The Lagos State Judicial Panel approved the repossession of the Lekki Toll Gate by the LCC. This naturally angered lots of Nigerians and another protest was planned to happen on February 13th, 2021 to occupy the Lekki toll gate, which in other words was to stop the LCC from repossessing the toll gate 
given that there were pending cases of police brutality at the same location, but justice hasn't been served. Fast forward to February 12th, 2021. Renu, who was one of the youth representatives of the Lagos State Judicial Panel, stepped down from her role, and she refused to participate in that panel moving forward. Now, of course, this is a protest against the government's plan to reopen the toll gate. Now, if I were in her shoes, I would do the same thing. So I personally think it was highly integrous of her to step down. February 13th, 2021. This was the day of the Occupy Lekki toll gates. And yes, the protest happened. Early that morning, the police in all kinds of tactical gear with straps of tear gas canisters wrapped around them, stormed the toll gate in a desperate attempt to intimidate protesters. But nah, people still showed up like it's nothing. Let's pause for a minute and just talk about that. After the Lakey toll gate shootings, you have to be really brave to show up at the same toll gate that already had heavy police presence. But really, that's what it takes. And I understand that you know, people were arrested, but because those people showed up, the protest already won. Because what that says is, refusing to be intimidated into exercising your rights is actually a win. Regardless of how it ends, for the fact that you stand up against something like that, it is a win. Because the way we see it, it's the government versus the people and if the government decides to employ its agents in order to stop the people from exercising their own rights and the people turn around and say you know what we don't care about how much presence you have there we are here for a reason and we will show up regardless so to me i think that's a win and like i said earlier of course arrests were made of course the police conducted themselves in dehumanizing fashion. Of course, people were injured. Of course, people were locked up. Lots of people were locked up, including popular social media comedian known as Mr. Macaroni. But it is still a huge win. And as I record this podcast right now, so many young and well-meaning Nigerians are doing all it takes to release all arrested protesters from police custody. Now, these people are not necessarily being paid by anyone. These are people doing what they can to help the movement. They're doing what they can to lend their voice to the movement, which is what I keep saying. Everyone has a little bit they can add to all this. It's either you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And if you think that the little that you can do on your phone or on your computer wouldn't go a long way, you're wrong. Because there's thousands of other people who are not directly being affected by what's going on in Nigeria, but they choose to speak up anyway, because Nigeria is home. And if it's not good today, it's not going to be good tomorrow unless something is done about it. So big ups to everyone out there who is doing what they can, be it the lawyers you know, on the field who are getting arrested protesters released, or whether it's crowdfunding organizations out there like Feminist Coalition or whether it is individual people out there who are lending their voice and their resources, everybody can do something from wherever they are with whatever they have. So as this situation unfolds, 
I'm optimistic the government will be the ones backing down. I say this just for one reason. Nigeria has so much stuff going wrong right now and most people really have nothing to lose at this point. The levels of unemployment, the levels of poverty, the levels of depression, the levels of anxiety, the levels of discomfort. People have tolerated these circumstances for such a long time and I believe that people can't tolerate that anymore. So they choose to fight as opposed to just tolerating the same disease, the same corruption, the same police brutality they've been tolerating all these years. So as this situation unfolds, I'm sure there's going to be another episode. I'm not sure if it's going to be one more episode or two more episodes, but this is far from over. This has become a pattern. The pattern that Nigerians now know that they have to stand up and fight for everything that they've been deprived of. Whether it's quality education, whether it's quality healthcare, whether it's employment, whether it's security, it has become evident that nothing will change unless Nigerians fight to change it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of this podcast. At this point, I'd love to give my appreciation and thanks to nairametrics.com, cnn.com, aljazeera.com, and most importantly, I'd love to give my thanks and appreciations to everyone who stepped onto the streets to protest regarding this issue. Whether it was the first wave of protest or the second wave of protest or the Occupy Lekki Tollgate protest that happened Saturday, February 13th, 2021. Catch you guys next time. Cheers.